The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. It's the booze and the blues. Natalie, how are you, honey? How are you? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. You you had <laughs> your got, had your weekend, did you? I got out last night and heard some live music. You, you went and hung with John Namath is what you did. I, I had a big time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went and saw our friend Robert Allen Parker in I Trouble did, No More. Uh, Trouble No More. They put on an awesome show. They packed it in there at Neil's last night. It was an exciting Well, it's the Almond Brothers, for God's sake. Yeah. Yes. Exciting time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you were funny. You were talking, well, I like, stayed off the dance floor. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I, I, was, I knew better. <laughs> well, you've learned that lesson in here. Yeah. Uh, for all the whole world to see. And then, uh, yeah, because you said, well, I closed that place down. Well, you know, good for you. Was it, was it, we're getting into that time of year now where more and more of these, these shows are starting to be bigger and, you know, because springtime is here. You know, yeah. did did uh, the Love Light Orchestra play outside at Rail Garden? No, no, it was a little chilly. Um, uh, but I'm telling you, Rick, uh, they got a wall of sound. I mean, ten people in that band and five of them are horns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they start doing some Ray Charles, and it's just fantastic. Oh yeah, and John's he's he's the deal there. He's he's yeah. got it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have uh, we have quite the show for you kids tonight. Um, Curtis says, "Okay, I'm here. Y'all can get started now." Thank you, Curtis. Thank you. <laughs> In, in the chat, appreciate it. The Kudzu Kings are here, all the way from uh, from Oxford. How's how's it going, fellas? Really good, thanks. Doing great. Thank you for having us again. Oh my God, yeah. Um, I, you because you were here with uh, who was the other act that you were? That was a uh, fellow citizens. Fellow citizens, that's right. Barry. Yes, yeah. We just put that show up on the in the on demand, so that's up there. Oh, right on, man. It's up on the website at Radio well, I saw a glimpse Memphis. of it and, uh, and pushed it on my Facebook stuff. But right. I was excited to see it out there. And, we had a great time, so looking forward to another. Uh... It was a fun show. Well, we got a fun show lined up tonight, um, and it's just the, it's it's the two of you guys tonight, you and Dave. We've been doing it a long time together. Uh, What'd you say? Was it twenty five years this band has been a thing? That's right. Dave and I met in the fall of ninety four. Is that right? Uh, no, uh, we met February of uh, ninety four. There you go. February of ninety four. So you said your first big show was opening for Widespread Panic. Well, uh, that was one of the big first Kudzu shows. Uh, I would say our... Down on Mud Island, wasn't it? That was Mud Island. Yeah. And it was 96. And, uh, you know, we had an in with, with Panic. We knew JoJo because JoJo had been in Beanland. Right, 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 right. And, uh, George and JoJo were in Beanland together. So uh, that was our in. I remember in 95, actually. The band started in 94. But uh, I remember... We were going to play Tad Smith Coliseum in 95 with, with Widespread Panic, and I thought that was going to be our big break. But uh, a girl named Joan Osborne had just come out with this song. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we didn't. Kind of sunk that ship, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but then he was like, how about you guys play Mud Island? And that was, that was pretty that's a That's a neat spot to play. Oh, man. It was the first time I felt like uh, Shamu, you know. <laughs> yeah, because it does have that oh, weird sort the of river, so the river right there, and the way the sun sets, you know, right there by you know. I mean, that's the dream. That's one of the dream venues to play. You know, you, I mean, it's awesome. It right is on Mississippi yeah. River. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you write songs about. Did you, you also did you do a music fest down there, at Tomley Park? We did Memphis in May in that been ninety seven. Yeah, the next year, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know it was when uh, Warren Haynes in. Driving and crying, uh, Kevin Kenny. They all, because I, I remember it was the first time I saw 
know, big star. I tried to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, it's, it's Warren Haynes, though. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's he's just as just as ordinary of a cat as you can imagine. He just yeah. plays a lot of guitar. And I mean, that was that was a, a fun time. I think the uh, the we played after the North Mississippi All Stars, and uh, and Jim was played that show with him. And, uh, yeah. Jimbo showed up and played. And I remember. Yeah. Follow that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of an act. It was a pretty good show. Anyway, so. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, from what I've heard of you guys, you guys have a, have a really cool, unique sound. I mean, I know you guys are from Oxford. It, it's not, I mean, you play a lot of traditional stuff, but it's not a traditional sound per se. You know, we say, you know, it's Americana. We call it Cosmic American. Cosmic American, yeah. Which is, uh, you know, it's Grateful Dead-esque. It's, uh, it's hippie music. Let's break yeah, it down to it. Yeah, I think uh, some of the guys are, are rhythm. The rhythm players in the band all come from. Like I played in a reggae band up in upstate New York for years. Yeah, and then uh, the other cats came from a, a, a mosquito. Uh, they're called the Mosquito Brothers. Yeah, the Mosquito Brothers. They were playing meters. Yeah. So they were playing New Orleans sound. So we got together and um, so we we're trying to play sort of a rock and country feel, but everybody had this heavier uh, groove to what we were trying to do, and uh, so they called it more like funk tree or. Uh, yeah. Or whatever, but but I but I think that it it allows us to take a lot of different directions. I think the background of the band and the diversity of the people coming in give it the ability to do a lot of breathing in terms of different directions. No, that's good. That's that's having a lot of flexibility, and that's right. probably a, a key to why you guys have been together for twenty five years. Yeah, but it, then at the same time, it's really frustrating because uh, the people can't put us in a in a box. See, this is with that. They don't know what to do. Because it keeps going in different directions. Yeah, well, so what? <laughs> you know, as long as they buy the records, what do you care, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Are people buying records? Well, I mean, I use that term in a weird sort of way. Because I know you got some vinyl out, but, you know, but I mean, the download thing, the cons- you know, it's yeah. all almost a disposable commodity. Yeah, we got some records in the trunk, we'll sell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we sell them out of the trunk. Yeah. Of the you know, we're at the gas station, right? <laughs> hey, man, yeah, you want to buy a record? <laughs> you know, that, that's, that has been uh, a problem trying to figure out what to do in the digital age and what media to push new new material on or yeah. how to push stuff out you know do you push a single now are we back to doing singles from what i from what i have gathered from a lot of artists that come through here um the the younger acts that are starting up they have got, they've got it in their minds and i think this is a pretty smart idea instead of releasing a full collection of tunes you know 10 12 songs on a, on a cd or an album they're doing eps and they're and they're like almost every other week they're just releasing a single and they they just they keep they keep working that way. And then I keep telling them that nobody's listening to me though. Is that after that EP, at, you go back and you record more, and then repackage that as an album and sell it a second time with a couple of like bonus that. tracks on there, and you're good to go. <laughs> and a poster. And a poster. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if you got the money, put it on vinyl, give them a digital download on top of that, and then you know, and you get a shot glass if you buy all of it, right. you know. <laughs> or a bong, I you know whatever. <laughs> Whatever works. No, no. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you my bill later. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, 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 it, the, the world now is different. I mean, when was the, when was the last time you had a, a platinum selling artist? You know, I can't think of one, even in, even in pop music. Jars of clay. Jars of clay. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. it's just a different numbers game now. Yeah. It really is. And uh, I think the big acts are lucky if they sell 100,000 copies right. or something. Yeah. Physical copies. 
But out on the road, they're selling tickets. Or you know, of course, they're charging four and five hundred and six hundred dollars a ticket to go see them. You know, Elton John ain't cheap. Well, you got to make it some way, right? Because Absolutely. If you're, not, uh, if, you, if you're not getting any money from the records, what was it back in the day? You made you went on the road to uh, to sell a record, and now you sell a record to go out on the road. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, <laughs> we can all go into some different. I, mean, I went. In, I had to, like I said, I had to get a pizza shop to. Uh, Survived the music business. <laughs> you just went out and bought a pizza shop and just, you know. Well, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do something on the side. I, well, there's sure. that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard out there. That's for sure. Uh, well, let's uh, let's jump into a tune, fellas. Let's uh, let's see All what right. you got and uh, and and, uh, and go. We've got we've got some stuff here that I haven't heard yet from the live stuff because you guys. Well, we'll talk about it later. But you guys did Red Rocks, and I think some of this stuff is from that. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, people to hear that. We have been. Uh, putting a bunch of live shows together for a 25th anniversary uh, some kind of record <laughs> something and anyway uh, this is a song that has not been recorded on a record yet but I wrote it at Newbies so uh, which one is this? <laughs> Dave, which one is this? <laughs> that's the way to start the show right there I meant everything 
I meant everything You might deny No one else seems right She took a deep breath as she saw me Yes, she saw me That's beautiful. I love that upright, man. I think you're like the second guy that's been in the studio with one of those things since we've been here. You know, we've been making the studio has seen a lot of records being made, and I'm sure you're not the you know, the first one that's brought that thing down here to do it. But, well, but tell lo- Rick how long you've had that instrument right there. Uh, um, probably. Uh, let's see. How old am I now? <laughs> <laughs> He's got to do math. Yeah, Carry math. the one. Uh, 30, 35, 36, 37 years, maybe. Oh this. my God. That's so, so like uh, you were 12? I was, yeah, clearly I was. I wasn't there's a great, there's a great picture of him <laughs> holding it, playing it in the orchestra. Had to stand on a milk crate to play yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah uh, but he does a lot of bow work that most people don't do. I, I noticed that, yeah. Uh, of that orchestra background, which is so cool. Is that what you, did, you, did you play in the orchestra? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, uh, I grew up in the home of the blues, which was uh, uh, Bloomfield, New Jersey. And... Um, <laughs> I got it. I got it. No. <laughs> no. I just let it lay there. You know, I, I got it. <laughs> Home of the blues. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I grew up playing in the, in the symphony and, uh, and the big bands, all the big band music. And, yeah, the swing stuff. Yes, yeah, sw- yeah, all that. And, um, you know, and I went to school at Hard School of Music. I studied classical music there briefly and, uh, yeah. you know, played at Carnegie Hall as a kid, you know. Wow. So I kind of did, I, I did that and then, and then uh, completely uh, flipped. And uh, you know, started studying jazz, and then then got into these other things and uh, rock and roll and and reggae, and then came down and really got turned on when I moved to Mississippi to that hill country music and uh, just started just started assimilated. And, sure. Uh, so I got to play with some of the, those fellas and uh, played some of the juke joints, and it was uh, it's exciting. So it's just sort of a, a journey, you know. But it took until I came to Mississippi to really get turned on to some of this stuff. And it's uh, pretty exciting. Cause yeah, because you get to pull from a lot of different stuff. You know, rockabilly is a big thing with that instrument, you know. Right, and rockabilly, we played some rockabilly up in upstate New York uh, for a while. Yeah. So, uh, it's yeah. a home of rockabilly from a. Um, well, you've been with that thing long enough. It's a relationship. Right, yeah. You know, I almost I almost got rid of it and we got it worked on. And oh, no. We got it worked on. and uh, Well, no, to get another, you know, try to find another one. And, yeah. Uh, but the fellow I brought it to up in Nashville really made it, brought it back to life, and I'm excited to have really, it. So. Really just did a number with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of, you know. A lot has to do with how it's set up. And is it a high-maintenance instrument as opposed to, like, a standard electric bass, which well, is, you know. You... I think, you know, it just depends. You know, if you, once you get it set up, you take care of it. It's, yeah. You know, it'll run. 
Oh. It's pretty durable. It's a good piece of equipment. But it really adds <laughs> different layers to the music. It does. When, uh, when, you're, when, he, when he brings it out and we do it like this. There's a percussive, a percussive aspect of that yeah, instrument. We're gonna get, we'll, we'll do some different things with it today. So okay, cool. So you, uh, uh, I was thinking uh, uh, our closest thing to the acoustic blue. Well, we have a few songs that have some blues type things, but the, I think one last one would be a good one to do for these folks. What do you think? Well, we, let's let's do one here, and then we'll grab a break, and then and we'll continue sure, on. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me say, we started out in a bar called Ireland's, and uh, I started playing by myself, and then Dave showed up, <laughs> and the money <laughs> came <laughs> in. <laughs> Couldn't get, get rid of him. But anyway, there was there was a carpenter who would uh, be in there uh, every time I was there, and, and he was always tried to help us out. And he was say, "Man, did, do you know any ballads?" And tr- just play a ballad or something. You know. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what that stuff was you were just doing. But. So anyway, this is a this is a the the ballad of Ted Hillhouse. It's five o'clock, so I guess I'll go on in. I'll have that one, last one, once again. As the hours go by, the man's throat. It's mighty dry I'll have that one Last one Once again That old jukebox Still reminds me of you But with some time just some change I'll change that too All the memories fade away Each time I hear them say I'll have that one Last one Once again Oh, that I can wash away 
That's good. You know, I, I grew up in South Texas, and that's the kind of sound I would hear all the time. You know, that belt buckle polishing music, the two-step and stuff, man. That was, that was that was it, man. That was good. That brought me back uh, brought me back home is what that was. All right on. I appreciate that. It's the Kudzu Kings here in the studio, kids. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come out of the break, I wanted to play a record, uh, 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 something of yours. Uh, you want to? You yeah, want to play, uh, play number one, the lake. That's a, a new track. Off, off, now this is off of the. This is the live record, right? Oh uh, well, this is a live track. It's ah. probably going to be on a record. Yeah. Whoops. 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 Sorry. 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 Uh, yeah. This is a. Uh, it's just a live uh, recording that we did in Taylor, Mississippi. Okay. It's 2016. <clears throat> Summertime. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a there's a dentist that throws a great party every August, and he shoots about ten grand worth of fireworks. Oh yeah, and, well there uh, you and go. He has us play, and I'm telling you, it's a it's an awesome time. Okay, so this is from that. Okay, well cool. We'll play that coming up out of the break, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have uh, we'll have some more fun with you guys. Well, earlier today, uh, I told Tate I was going out to the lake, and he said, "You better not go. You'll never make it back." The song goes about it, it goes like this. could float out at the
couple years, I'm sure to retire to the lake. That's the lake from the Kudzu Kings Radio Memphis. That yeah, worked out fine. It's a good tune. Awesome. You said that was you said that was an attempt at writing a, 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 a <laughs> yeah, hit country record. Is what that was? That was my. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> on the pontoon. <laughs> you got to have the checklist, man. You got to have yeah, the Nashville checklist going. You know, cooler full of fun. Uh, you know. I want a mailbox that gets big money checks too. I hear you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> While that was playing, we were in here talking about uh, your your tour schedule, uh, your show schedule. Uh, you guys don't play like, um, you know, you're not out there like 200 dates a year. You know, some of those working acts, guys like Lucero and such. You know, they're they're not. You know, you're not what you call, I guess, your your top tier artists. They're not they're not label specific, and they're out there. But but they're out there working, and they're and they're, they're making a living doing it. But they're never home. Right. But you guys don't do that. Well, you know. About a year and a half, two years ago, we strategically started. We knew the 25th anniversary show was coming up. Right. And we were like, let's stick our toe in the water in Nashville. Uh, you know, old places we used to play. So we do the Exit Inn in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, we, we went back to Tipitina's down in New Orleans. Uh, so I think we've had a Tipitina show August 24th. We're going to be in Atlanta yeah, June Atlanta. 29th to do a... Uh, after party show because Dead and Company is in Atlanta. Oh, really? So we're going to do like the midnight show and it's going to be us with DJ Logic, which is kind of cool. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, and then uh, we're doing a festival in Corinth, Mississippi, mm -hmm. July 13th. I don't have a list in my pocket. Um, I'm telling you right now. But is there is there an actual 25th anniversary <laughs> yes. show? Yes, you know, uh, October 4th uh, up in uh, the Lyric it, yeah. in, in Oxford. And, 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 uh, I think what this falls on is, is, is uh, from about 1994 to 2003, we were doing the heavy touring like you're talking about. And then, uh, yeah, like 100, and there was a time we were doing 180 shows a year. That's a, that's a substantial amount of work yeah. right yeah. there. Yeah. 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 And, uh, like we were talking about on the break, the, uh, we have, I think we've located close to 500 recordings of yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, and uh, now the Mississippi, uh, University of Mississippi Archive. Blues Archive is archiving our material. That's pretty, awesome. So it's a pretty exciting time, and we're we're now revisiting and having to listen to <laughs> everything. Having to listen to that's you make it's like a chore. Well, well, I think the thing sometimes is, it is. Yeah, so you're like, oh my god, yeah, no. like, like, that happened. Like you know, that show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there, that was. There's stood. a lot of really great gems in there, and there's a lot of funny moments, uh, stories, and things that are told. So I think that's going to be really exciting to have it. All archived and broken down. We'll be able to maybe put notes on each show about what happened. That'd be a hell of a box set, guys. <laughs> it's a big box. It's a big MF in boxes, what that is. 
<laughs> if you took selected cuts from some of these shows, though, you could. I mean, are you because they archive them? Are you allowed to to, to still yeah, own yeah, them? Can yeah, you we do? We have rights to them. They just they're they're keeping them. It's like otherwise they'd be in somebody's closet, right? Right. So, to but, be honest, that was a pushover <laughs> for me. I was like, man, I'm so tired of hauling the stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we. I actually just last week I had a meeting with them and I took them the big two inch tapes from our record that we recorded in '95 here in Memphis. Uh, with Jim Gaines. Is uh, that the Y2Cal record? No, that was, it's the Kudzu Kings. Uh, yeah, the first record. Oh, the, oh the, the green one, yeah. Yeah, and we did that where the Hard Rock Cafe is now. Yeah. That used to be called something Beal. Top of Beal? 16, 1600 Beal or something. Yeah, 616 Beal or something. It had, it had natural light coming in. Oh, it was good. Yeah. You know, Conway Twitty's uh, grand piano was in there. Right, right. Uh, but it was, a, it was a killer studio. But anyway... They had these the old classic two-inch tapes, and I think there were, you know, only a few machines in existence that ran yeah, yeah. when we did it in '95. But I know um, of one in town. Well, anyway, I took these tapes to these guys and was like, "Here you go." <laughs> <laughs> and I assume yeah. they have a two-inch uh, machine yeah. over well, there. Uh, I think that they're just going to hold on to all the recordings, and then we can do what we want with them. And, uh, and the process of sorting through everything is nice because now we can pull things to make a compilation uh, that spans 25 years It really pulls the best material and some of the uh, more uh, memorable versions of songs. Right, like that. right. Um, uh, memorable events. And some songs we don't play anymore. And some stories, some of the, there's a lot of stories that get told during shows. Sometimes sure. in the middle of the song. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and those are... That's preserved for all of eternity there. Right. And, yeah. and there's some pretty <laughs> I can material. imagine. Yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> There's yeah. a lot to go through. Yeah, so there is. Yeah, so anyway, you're going to be able to go through it, and that's that's because it's, it's open to the public. Yeah, the, the, this that, archive is right. You have to get online. You have to get online. The, the, the idea was to create their first online presence and to use us as the guinea pig. Sure. And you'd be able to really click through all those shows and do what you want. You know, sit and just listen idea. to it, yeah. and you know. And you know, go back to hopefully, um, well, you know, the '94. Yeah. Go back to '94 with it, yeah. Right. Or pick some random town that you guys played in and hear that show. I feel like this is the song that broke us in '94, just with like the local crowd. Yeah, yeah. there was a, we were playing a bar called Ireland's, but I was at played a bar called Sloss uh, that was in competition with the bar called the Gin. It was the greatest, one of the greatest college bars I've ever been in. And anyway, they always had karaoke on Thursday and Friday nights. I wrote this song called The Gin Song, and Dave and I started playing it, and I feel like it was the first Kudzu King song that people loved. Liked, perhaps. <laughs> Dave's looking at me. I think you just hate, if you ask six band members, you get six different answers. Oh, well, well sure. Well, let's just I'll say yeah. Yeah, I'll just say yeah. <laughs> I mean, great. <laughs> does, does everybody write the music? Is that how this works? Oh, yeah. It's all collaborative. You kind of come in with an idea, and then and it just fleshes out in the way I you think go. They come different ways. Tate's written most of the songs. I've written some. We had a you've written a lot of stuff. A, a fellow named uh, Ryan Ledford wrote some songs. Uh, George has brought in some of his older material, and we're using that as well. Yeah. And, uh, Max was really, we collectively right, right. got together on that first record. We we were we wrote that whole record. At your Dave had this house out in the country. It was very scary. I followed him in his old. <laughs> 
Volvo, and I was thinking to myself, I'm about to get killed. No one's going to know. Step where I on am. this drop cloth yeah, the here, and uh, 150 years, years old. Uh, old dogs rot. Oh, oh yeah. And, uh, so they just had walled in the porch and back, but it was still a dog trot. Yeah. Very low ceilings. Oh like yeah. Seven yeah, foot ceilings. Yeah, like it, it was. was just it was, as tall as that as, as your base. Yeah, yeah, I had to lean down to get underneath each door. Yeah. But and we then were, there were yeah. some planks that were nailed together. <laughs> But we wrote the whole first record out there, and it was awesome. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, we built sort of it's like set. your own version of, of, of the Big Pink, right? Yes. <laughs> well, there, there were a lot of ticks. Yeah, a lot of ticks, yeah. <laughs> about seven dogs living under the house, and it was just kind of feral dogs. and It was something else. It was a good times. <laughs> a little different from New Jersey, isn't it? Yeah, well, I got as far away from the city as I could. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> living in a dog trot with ticks. Yeah. That's, that's... But a lot of our songs that's were where... written about that. You know, we... Let's do Tick Taxi. Yeah, sure. Tick Taxi. If I had me a dollar, I'd buy me a collar for those Tick Taxi dogs. Over there's a flea freighter. Over there's his mater. They've been in the fields all day, collecting pastures without pay. They've been barking all night long Singing all them hound dog songs Trailing deer catching ticks That's just how they get their kicks Sweet boulder bell 
see what you did in that last line there. Yeah. That's that's nice. Tick taxi. <laughs> and I mean the women in that bar they'd get the dollars out. Uh, I mean <laughs> it was a big time back. That was. Do you still have the house? Uh, no, they chainsawed it in half and moved it, and one half made it to the top of a hill, and the other half fell apart in a muddy bottom and disintegrated because it had been eaten by termites. Oh, no. oh my! And so uh, oh, half no. of it is still around somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, That's kind of oh, sad, really. I don't mean to laugh at that, yeah, but my first daughter was born in that house. Really? Yes, out in the woods with a. Uh, uh, what is it? What is the? Uh, what's the woman that comes that uh, helps midwife. give birth? Midwife. Midwife, oh, midwife yeah. out there. Bite down on this stick. Yeah, we had played uh, <laughs> uh, Vicksburg. That's what it is. We were playing Vicksburg, and uh, she said, go, I'm not having the day today, and I got to have the Vicksburg. And then, <laughs> Famous and, last and words. We were on stage, and she oh, went into labor, and uh, right. we played an hour and a half set, and I drove, I don't know, 120 miles an hour to get home. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and uh, she had already given birth, and I had to, um, had to haul her to me because had, she had a minor complication, but we had to get her to the... The ambulance couldn't find us because we're so far out in the woods. Right. So I throw in the back of the station wagon and uh, haul her out to the highway. <laughs> Did she do this by herself? There was nobody there? Oh, they have the midwife there. Oh, the, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the midwife was there. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, right. you know, crazy stuff. <laughs> you know, there's a song. There's a song we got about it. <laughs> you can listen to, uh, let's see. Oh, it's on this record. Number No, this is another live track. This is one that has never been out there. It's number five. But we'll, we can get to that later. It, well, I mean, you could do it now. It, it, it's sort of the, it's it's years later though. Well, I can pl- I can play it. I can play. Years later. What's what's the name of the track? Your old last name. Your old last name. Well, I'll. <laughs> that might have been one of the first demises. It could be. I've I've just queued it up for after the break, so yeah, we we cool. can get to it after after that. <laughs> well, before before we do that, then how about a tune then? Something everybody wants. Oh, do that one. Do, do dogs, man. It's, oh, since we're talking about dogs, there was another dog, there was another relationship, another dog, and introducing the dog, trying to bring me in. I'm like, I'm on the road with a band. I'm doing song about that dog. Okay, then. That's cool. Like I said, we write a lot about dogs, and it started in that house. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good year, summer love through all seasons. Sometimes I wish it could last From the Ozarks to New Orleans To Spring in Mississippi It all seemed to go by so fast I was packing my bags Thinking that I was fine free Then I turned around this couple turned in three. On a musician's wages, these days and ages, I could hardly keep the hounds at bay. But I just found out I got visitation, right song. The dog today. Say, 
year went by quickly. I took it in stride, just seeing him from time to time. In the cover of night, on the outskirts of Starkville, I took what was rightfully mine. Now he rides with the band like the music, he's find the free. Maybe one day this couple will again be three. Sweet. That's real nice. The ballad of Jocko's Lament. <laughs> yeah, that's that's on the Y two Cow record, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just saw I just saw it sitting here in front of me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great stuff. And there's there's a little Willie Nelson in you in there. Hey man, thanks. You know, uh, there's that sound that you, that you. It's obviously not trigger your playing, but uh, uh, you know, I've had this one. And this is a, a 1954. Is it really? Wow. And it was played on. Uh, Something that was like the Jamboree in Wheeling, West Virginia. It was called uh, Jamboree USA. Yeah. This guy played it on that show every Thursday or every Friday and Saturday night when those shows would run around. Kind of like the, uh, you know, what's the one Hank Williams did down in. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know the show. I can't think of the name of it, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So yeah. This guitar has been around a long time. It's broken in pretty well, I'd say. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the Kudzu Kings, kids.
You said there's what uh, there's there's six of y'all in the in in the, in the full act. Yeah, there's uh, usually about six of us. Sometimes there's seven or eight. <laughs> what some guy coming off the street going hey I'm gonna play? We have all the original members uh, uh, from 25 years ago. Which yeah. was cool. um, I, playing with us just the other day, and uh, um, the only thing we've had drummers that have rotated. We have some musicians that moved around yeah. over the years, but um, we're back to the original lineup, and then. Uh, We've had maybe four, yeah, four main drummers we've had up till recently. We've um, watched all our drummers get married, have kids, and then. Well, all of y'all have gotten married and had kids, and, and right. life gets yeah. in there, and you know. Drummers are just somewhere sort of serious people. Right? That they are. <laughs> <laughs> They're all trouble too, as we're doing my my estimation. But uh, you know, it's been fun because we've had uh, you know Jeff Colburn. Uh, he plays on top of the beat. Ted Ganey plays on the back of the beat. Uh-oh. So depending on the night. Well, depending on which drummer is with us, it's different. It's just a, just a, different, a different vibe. Band, yeah. Right? Yeah, we go with what what each guy brings. Yeah. Uh, you know, CD was a rock drummer. hit the sticks hard. Uh, Chuck is a, you know, Zigaboo New Orleans style drummer. It was just... I, th- that, I think that's what was fun because sometimes we would do these songs... Completely different, uh, whether it was a year or two, or now we might do it different next week as we compare to what we did, you know. Right, and, and for some of the stuff, it's more improvisational, where we open it, open up some of the things that that, that like the drummer real now, improv, yeah. The, 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 drum, the drummer starts to um, <laughs> uh, kind of influence where that's going to go. Sure. So, well, it's sure. real improv depending on what the guy, what the drummer does, and so we're basically we're ready to go with. However, they want to roll. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, but like we were, we were t- talking upstairs, you know, twenty-five years of doing this, you guys got a pretty good unspoken language that's going on. You kind of, you, you guys have played together long enough. You know where you're going, what the feel is, and Dave and I rarely need to talk. Sometimes we know what's coming, and we might do, we might do eight songs in a row that we were just ah. Yeah, like we knew, like a, we we did we sometimes do duets in like a like these little settings, and and. Already know which song is coming next for eight for something like eight songs. Yeah, in just a row. because yeah. of feel and just yeah, it's kind of interesting the way that falls together. But, it um, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, sometimes it doesn't fall together. <laughs> That's right. There's those nights. Yeah, those are the long shows. <laughs> it's like when will this end? You know, early, early in the days, they used to give me a, a short guitar cable because I would go. Oh, you'd be wandering around. Yeah, didn't want to give me enough cord to get over there to where I'd kick Dave in the shin. Right. The, uh, but we, but having those original fault fellas, um, uh, Chuck was from Nashville, um, and then uh, the drummer, and then uh, George, one of the guitar players, is uh, from uh, Vicksburg, mm-hmm. and then uh, Max was from the Deep South. He's from Bolivia. That's that's Deep South, yeah. That's a... And then and then um, 
and then uh, uh, Robert's Robert. from New Orleans. Yeah. And, from, and uh, he plays all the New Orleans style piano. So you have all these different uh, influences coming in, all different uh, pieces. And see, I'm from Ohio, and I had been writing these songs since I was like 11 or 12. And yeah. I show up, and I'm just sitting at a bar playing these really kind of straight. I, I didn't know who the meat at, was. At 12, were. you were sitting in a bar playing this? Thing? Well, I was sitting in bars in Ohio, but, <laughs> but it was super square. Yeah. There. Oh, sure it is. You know? And, like, I was, uh, I just was singing, I hadn't been influenced by New Orleans yet. And, like, Chuck would do these crazy uh, meters drum things, and I'd look back, I'd say, what are you doing? <laughs> he's it's helping me, you out is what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. It's taking me 25 years to now appreciate it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and when you, yeah when you hear it done and it's like oh I get it now you know the light bulb goes off this changes everything. Yeah, some people don't like hill country music. They're like they, they, they... and they should be burned at the stake. Yes, <laughs> if you live around here, you get it. Oh, absolutely, it's one of my favorite styles of of blues, especially is the hill country. R.L. Burnside to me is one of the, one of the true greats. You know, when I got turned on to some of the stuff that, that he and his family had done, I just I couldn't get over it. I really couldn't. And watching watching some of these old videos of him doing it, he makes it look so effortless. You know, but that, see, <laughs> he's over there. He's he's got a tune going. See, after this discussion, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Did you just go? Did you just go to Spanish Tune over there? I tell you what, I went to Open G and I hung yeah. out with Eric Deaton for a couple years. Yeah. Uh, and because I wanted to learn the Hill Country stuff. Yeah. So uh, Eric taught me some Junior and some RL stuff, and he taught me all that Open G stuff. And then I thought, okay, well, so. Did you get the picking down? Did you? Well, kinda. Yeah. I don't want skinny woman. I don't want skinny woman. The meat don't shame. The meat don't shame. The meat don't shame.
so what I turn that into is uh, That's incredible. Wow. And you go from one to the other like that's beautiful. That's, that's Yeah, it's the same thing. Wow. That is fantastic. You know, you working with Gary Burnside, you know, having having that knowledge and that experience of that North Mississippi stuff. I mean, because that's a Burnside, for God's sake. That's right. royalty. Right. You know, <laughs> that, that makes it a little bit more comfortable to, to, to get in there and work with him because he's such a he's such a great guy anyway, you know. Man, <clears throat> again, Gary was, I mean, he was so great and he worked so fast. Yeah. And he uh, he just he's got. I would just follow him. And yeah. He would kick in, and then I'd be like, "Yeah." And, and, and then I did like you know we wrote a bunch of songs in a matter of like two or three weeks. Yeah. And just did it. 
And uh, I love it. You know, Dave, we're, Dave, uh, we're actually going to record some demos with the Kudzu Kings uh, with Cody at the Checkerboard Studio uh, in June. And, you know. So that's going to be some new stuff from, from you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think oh, just wow. like we were talking earlier about kind of getting some singles out. Yeah. We're going to demo a, set, a whole set of new material and then start uh, picking and choosing and sorting through and recording and releasing. Yeah. So uh, it's it's time. To, we had to catch up because, I mean, our last releases are all CDs. So we're all struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, was, Although there's some vinyl in here, too. I mean, yeah, we, we was, saw that. but was, Yeah, well, uh, and... Uh, we had recorded a third record and we listened to it and just decided. Tate and I looked at each other and said, "Just throw it in the garbage can." Really? Yeah, oh, really? yeah, yeah. So some of that material may show up again as a, as a remake. Yeah, yeah. yeah just just means it's time to get it down and out. And um, I think you heard a couple th- one one song that uh, the first song we played. You know, like uh, yeah. No, no one else seems right. The one. Uh, oh yeah. We played it here, but you'll hear it. it's a yeah. version, and it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty inspirational song when, it, when you get all when you get all the, the heavy guitars in there and uh, it's really cool. and really flesh it out. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. that yeah. And that's going to be a lot of fun to record that too. I would yeah. think. Oh, yeah. we can't. Man, wait. I'm excited. Well, you know, <laughs> Cody's got it going on, man. I mean, oh yeah, so he easy, does. Yeah, man, to just walk up in there and just cut some stuff like, uh, in the room is smaller than this. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, oh no. There's he, no doubt. It's his attic. Yeah. He squeezed in there, but. I like that. I think that makes it uh, conducive to, it just feels good, you know. Everybody... You kind of go in with a good idea of what you're going to play, and, you know, you're rehearsed enough that you, you've allowed yourself some flexibility, because when Cody gets in there, he's going to be like, okay, no, try this, try that. Well, there's not that fear, too, of like, man, we're wasting time, we're killing right. money, right. we have to put something out because we spent so much on the studio time. This is just like, hey, drive up, hang out. Mm-hmm. Hang out, yeah. let's see go what back. comes out of it. Yeah. The yeah. other thing I think that is cool, too, about being able to do it this way is... Go demo three or four songs, and then live with them for a week, yeah, to two weeks, yeah. and be like, okay, it, it just it makes a difference because every record that I have made when I haven't had time, you know, you've got five days to cut your tracks, master uh, the last two days, so really you got three days. Yeah, um, those songs are going to mature a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, you're going to take them. You're going to be playing them at a show somewhere. They're going to change some. Well, yeah. You might hit a lick and go, oh, wait a minute. I wish I'd have thought of that when we recorded it. And it doesn't take that much time, but it does take it does take some time. Yeah. In a, man, to live with something for a week. Yeah. We've been playing these songs, a bunch of these we've been playing live for 15 years. Sure. They need to be, we record some of them for only for a few years. And some of these songs we've been playing for 25 years, and we're in the studio, we're like, what do you play there? Oh, yeah, that's even funnier. <laughs> yeah. It's even funnier to yeah. have We're going over Rodent Taylor. We've been playing that thing for 25 years. <laughs> people are like, oh, you're playing that right there? And that's like, And that's like this past Wednesday, you know. They're like, what? That, oh, okay. <laughs> Good luck in that right line. <laughs> um, I have Rodent Tiller queued up. Um, I was, I was, sure. You want, you want to play that one up uh, out of the break here? And then yeah, 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 yeah. That's, um, that was written uh, up in Troy, New York, before I even joined the band, the... Uh, my mother. That's the uh, home of rock and roll up there in Troy. I think. Yeah, yeah. My mo- my mother. Um, I, I had a backyard. I, we were. I was. I was playing a garden. I rented a rototiller. My mother said, "Are you going to get? You know, how much did it cost you?" I said, "I don't know, twenty-five dollars." She says, "Are you going to get twenty-five dollars worth of vegetables out of this garden?" I said, "Mom, you know, you don't understand." It's not what it's. it's that's not, not what it's about. No. But, it, but it, so this song came out of that. Uh, that's it was you know, and and, and uh, some of the words got changed once we moved down and adopted it. 
joined the uh, when the band started. Well, good. Mama bought me a road tiller. She lucky I did kill her. I can't believe I died. Rode till my house down. I'm here to street for the graveyard. Getting through there wasn't too hard. But there were stones and bones and bones and stones everywhere. Kudzu Kings here in the studio. Uh, uh, we've we've got time for a tune before we before we pause. So, uh, right. we wanna, what do you want to do? You want you want to do the uh, talk? Just can we can we uh, say uh, one of the things that we were, we were inspired by meeting uh, uh, the, guy, the guys from the Tangents. Yeah. Back in, uh, do you remember a band called the Tangents? They were they were like the house band of Mississippi in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah. Yeah, I got to play with them uh, when I first moved to town, and I met uh, Duff and Charlie and uh, Charlie Jacobs, and, and uh, played at the Hoka in Oxford. Wow! Yeah, I, re- yeah, I remember the first time I met Charlie. I remember we were playing at Ireland's, and he 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 was in a white uh, undershirt, khaki pants, and some <laughs> Birkenstocks, 
and he eyeballed us from the doorway. And then he and then he walked across the room and he eyeballed us from the other doorway. And he listened. And then he walked back and left. And then the next time I saw him, we were playing at Proud Larry's a couple weeks later for a Christmas party. He got up on stage and just took over the band. Uh huh. Really? Oh yeah, just took over. Wow. And it was like, so I guess we got his blessing. I would say so. Yeah. Hey, and back, at the, and back at the Hoka, Ted Ganey, one of our drummers, uh, we hadn't really formed, uh, I think, or Ted hadn't played with the Cuts Kings yet, but I played with Ted back then at that gig as well. So it was, but it, but the, what's interesting is um, I think that uh, uh, we've really taken more to become more scholars about uh, about the tangents in, in, in terms of understanding. If we don't play the tangents, who's going to? Right. Good point. Yeah, we, we just played uh, Tipitina's back, uh, it was – not too long ago, we played Tipitinas, and we and we have a number of the Tangent songs in our repertoire, and so we started playing it, and this woman just gets this <laughs> crazy look on her face. This woman, and her daughter's there, and and, and she, she's like she's mouthing words, Duff, Duff, and we're and we're like we're like yes, this is this is, this this is, is Duff, this is really happening. <laughs> oh, we're playing wow. a song that you know. <laughs> From a long time ago, yeah, and uh, and she was oh, just wow. blown away, and 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 the door's like, yes, the, the, the guy's saying yes, that you're actually experiencing. Hey, let's this. give it to him, and I'm gonna tell you, Duff and the Tangents, they wrote songs with lots of chords, so uh, <laughs> you you count the chords on this one, all right? All right, I'll start counting. Cotton was king. Straw balls didn't notice a thing. It's a hard road to hold. Cotton ain't king no more. Peace in the valley got a sound and feel. In the lily, you know it's for real. Mashed potatoes, cotton feel. Hully gully up on third and Beale. Old Beale is gone. Little Peace lives on. Peace in the lily of the valley. Peace in the lily of the valley. Peace in the lily of the valley. For me someday, I believe. Sell it. 
I think you played every chord in the Mel Bay book is what, is what happened there, right? <laughs> the tangents. That's awesome there. It's Tate and Dave from the Kudzu King. The uh, Kudzu Kings, well, at least uh, two-fifths of the band is in here. Two-sixths. Two-sixths. Yeah, one-third of the act is in here tonight. Yeah. Hi, higher math over here, Dave. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's Dave and Tate uh, from uh, from the band. They've got a show coming up the 16th at Lafayette's uh, in Overton Square with uh, Carrie Hudson opening up the show. Just that alone, Carrie and you guys together, that's a hell of a show. That's a hell of a show. So, you know, go get your tickets, go to that thing, and, and have you have your time. Yeah, don't have you played it. Lafayette's before? We have a time or two. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a nice room. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's nice. They, they did a good job with it, and they've done some changes on it. Yeah, yeah we haven't the been, room is we haven't right been They've expanded the, the stage a little bit. they redid the stage, so we're excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, they made the room a little bit bigger, and uh, it sounds... Oh, actually, we did play in there. You and I played in there. The band hasn't, though. But the band hasn't. Yeah, the, yeah. And it, I mean, the PA was just I, unbelievable. I know the GM over there, Julian Sally, he, he used to run the hard rock down on Beale, uh, you know, back when they were in, the, in their old spot. He's well, a great cat. Jim Green is the one who booked us. Yeah, and, uh, from Green Machine. Jim, yeah. Green. Jim booked me in 1992 to open up for David Allen Coe oh. <laughs> at Lafayette's in Oxford, Mississippi. Really? And then it went well. Uh, Clearly. So the next night, uh, I screwed the story up. The first night, I opened up for Beanland. That's what it was. Oh. Yeah. It was Friday night, I opened for Beanland at Lafayette's, and that's when I first met George. And JoJo was already gone from the band, but I remember seeing George. It went well, and then he said, hey, that was great. Can you open up for David Allen Coe tomorrow night? And so Jim Green, there you go, 1992. That's how yeah. I've been working with Jim. Yeah, Jim's been around a long time, too. Of course, he, he had he had Snowden Grove. I don't know if he still does, but uh, um, he was he was using that he amphitheater. He acts like he doesn't because I'm like, hey, when are you going to book us? Uh? Yeah. yeah, that's a nice room. Uh, let me have it. Uh, you know. Well, you know, speaking of Memphis in May, uh, apparently uh, the the rumor around town is that this is the final year of that Beale Street Music Fest in Tomley Park. Well, that's a shame because it's a beautiful venue. They're going to redo the the river mix. Yeah. I mean, take me to the river, man. Yeah, yeah, they're going to redo the whole park, but they're talking about finding a way to keep the festival downtown, obviously. And one of the ideas that they're floating around is to throw it on Mud Island. They're on the south end of the island where the amphitheater is, and then down onto the tip for another stage. That's uh, that would probably when, uh, work. That's where Lollapalooza was in like ninety yeah. three or something. It's a good spot for that, really. You know, even if you scale down the music fest a little bit. I mean, over the past several years, it's, it, it, they've taken it on the chin publicly because the lineups have kind of sucked. You know, one 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 of the things you know they they always celebrate a country, and this year they're celebrating a city, and they're celebrating the 200th anniversary of Memphis. Well, and there's like two or three Memphis acts out on the bill. You know, it's like come on, you know, there's so much music around here. That's when I try to figure out: Am I just getting old? (laughs) Yes, you're getting old. We're all getting old. I don't know any of the acts. I I, I'm the same way, and I'm and I'm in the business, and I and I try I do my best to stay on top of what's. What's hot? What, what what's everybody listening to? Even what the kids are, are are into, and I just I don't understand a lot of this, you know. And I start to feel like some old crotchety fuck that, that doesn't get it. 
Hey, go listen to your CD player. <laughs> well, no, I, you know, I don't even think I own a CD player, to be honest with you. I mean, I think you're, I think you're, uh, I understand what you're saying, man, and all you can do is keep trying. I do. I, I you know, I, I watched a little bit of the Oscars uh, when uh, Lady Gaga came out there. And I'm not a huge fan of her work, but I have a lot of respect for what she does. And I didn't, I didn't feel like that. I was like, okay, I get it. You know, I understand this. And when her and Bradley Cooper did the thing from the Star Is Born, it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was, it was a neat bit of music. It was well done. It was well produced and performed. It's not my thing. What you guys are doing is my thing. I can tell you that. Hey, you know, take that. You know, it, it really is. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are listening tonight that are, that feel the same way. I just wish well, that what you guys were doing is a little more mainstream than than what it is. I you know? feel that we've been in it for the long haul. Longevity is Well, the clearly 25 business. years of it, you know. That's a quarter of a century. A quarter of a century, right. We're getting uh, something silver. <laughs> You're going to get the gold watch at the end of the deal. Well, you know... You guys are at that at that uh, at that time in your lives where you know you've 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 started the band, you've gone through some different itinerations, you've you've played everywhere. Life comes in, everybody gets married, there's kids. Now you're starting to become empty nesters. Some of you already are, That's right. and now it's like, hey, I'm hey. gonna go focus on this for a minute and get back into it, and then you come into you know wiser, you know older and wiser, and. I guess it becomes an easier process to a certain well, extent. The song material now is is about um, all these things that have happened. So then you're now your demographic. I don't know if it's going to change too much. No, it's not because they're a demographic <laughs> for this show. They're all like they're said, all old guys. Demographics kids are finally old enough to drive them to the shows. It's perfect. Yeah, well, sure. Like you know, if they could get jobs to buy tickets, that'd be great. You know, but you guys have gotten to that point now where the material that you've written all those years ago you know, 20, 25 years ago, is still relevant. Right. There's not many acts that can say that. Right. Well, again, it's, it's, it's a long-haul vision. You know, are you writing just generic? It either comes from you or it doesn't. Well, Matt, and the, and the music matures, too. Yeah. It's, it's not just you guys that are maturing. The music is maturing with you, you know. Every night's going to sound well, different. It sure is a lot of fun still. Yeah, that's the main thing, I think. <laughs> well, that's the number you know, one thing. I don't thing. know if I would say that. Like, we have had it where we've played several shows in a row. I'm like, oh, man, I'm tired of this again. But when we do it selectively, I love it. People, every booking agent in the country will tell you, you can't do it this way. But, man, I'm all about, let's get on a bus, go play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then think about doing it again in, like, three months. Yeah, yeah. that works. <laughs> works for me. Um, a couple of years ago, I was at a uh, I was at a fundraiser, and it was a, there was a, a bunch of bands that were playing at this bar. And one of these bands that were there were a, were a punk act that had been around forever, and they were all in their late forties, early fifties. And 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 they were like, yeah, you know, it's just great. I can go out there and I can you know I can I can bang out you know these these minute and a half, two minute long songs. I can play for a half an hour, and be done. And and uh, I was talking to to the guy before we went on stage, and he goes, you know, it's funny. He said. Uh, what I used to be able to do all night now takes me all night to do. Right, yeah, that's the You know, and it's so true. That's an old, is that an RL thing? I think it's an RL thing. And, and I, I howled laughing when he, when, when he said it. I was like, oh, I, I get it. And he goes, he goes, dude, don't get me wrong. I love doing it. But, you know, the body, the body just doesn't you – know, the mind may be willing, but the body not so much. Imagine you know? being a bunch of 50-year-olds in the jam band scene. The jam band scene is like we do three-hour shows. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. And, we don't this... and we don't take a piss break. 
Right, I'd, I'd say this. It's though. getting tougher in mid fifty. How to figure that out? <laughs> you want to know why they had drums? Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what we're seeing more now is the band is more consistent and consistently much better overall. And I think that's what we just we treated a little differently than we did before. You're not going into it with that wide-eyed excitement. Well, I think what it is is we. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess. I, but I think everybody has matured as musicians, and it just, it's cl- it's it's a little cleaner, and, and I hate to say more organized in some ways, but it's, but it, but it really, because it was more like at one point, I can remember in the 2000s, that it was like a, a train on one, with one track engaged. You know, you're, you're waiting for the thing to either go down. To right clear, off the rails, yeah. This, and it would just oh, barely pull in the station and be like, Wow. And then that was incredible. But now it's more like you know we're really thinking more about it. We're more thoughtful about it. And uh, that's but, but that's the not difference. As cool that's the to not know the ending uh, at fifty five. Right. right. That, well, that's the maturity of it. You know. But it was also a little there's no so there's no spoiler. Just, you know. Now it's just, you know the shows the shows still have a lot of uh, differences in them, and they and there's a lot of uniqueness to each experience. But the uh, but the but we've been listening to these recordings uh, uh, in the last I don't know five years. And and the consistency and the quality is so much better than maybe the five you know five years before that. It's just well, sure. Uh, the second decade was much better than the first. Decade. <laughs> 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 you know, right. Well, we were experimenting. I suppose we're yeah. experimenting a lot with uh, just different. Well, yeah, ideas you're you're things. you're trying to find your voice. You're trying to find your you know. As, and I, what I mean by voice, of course, is as as a, as a cohesive unit. You know what yeah. what what statement is the band trying to make, if there's one to be made at all. a song about it. it goes like this <laughs> yeah well let's hear it <laughs> <laughs> What's the world coming to? All the yippies, all the A's. What's my paycheck if I play? Boom, chuckle a boom, chuck a boom. What's your name, buddy? What's your tune? What's the world coming to? How's your trip to Amsterdam? Well, I walk the streets of Galilee. I drank the water of the land, I breathed fire with old wise men, turban sandals, beards and all. But I even saw the pyramids, but how's your trip to Amsterdam? I said, ye yo, what's the world coming to? All the yippies, all the A's, what's my paycheck if I play? Chuck-a-luck-a-boom, chuck-a-boom What's your name, buddy? What's your tune? What's the world coming to? How's your trip to Amsterdam?
Elvis called, but you forgot. How are you to know? Water spilt on top of the hill always trickles down. Here comes Stan with the brand new plan. How's your trip to Amsterdam? I said, yeah, yo, what's the world coming to? All the yippies, all the A's. What's my paycheck if I play? Boom, chuck a look, boom, chuck a boom. What's your name, buddy? What's your tune? What's the world coming to? How's the trip to Amsterdam? Yeah, what are our friends coming to? How's the trip to Amsterdam? That's that's nice. Yeah, there's there's like a Simon and Garfunkel thing happening there. Hey man, I, you know, take it. Take it and run. Yeah, take it and run with it, man. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. I, I need to pause here uh, one last time before we wrap it up for tonight. And I was going to get a uh, uh, a couple of tunes off that disc: uh, "Hangover Heart" and uh, "Superliner." Oh yeah, man, they're great. Would that would that be cool for me to play those, or were you saving those? Because no, 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 play, no, play Superliner. But let us tell you, Superliner is a Dan Penn song. Yeah. And, and I got to meet. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dan Penn. I, I know the name Dan Penn. He was oh man, he was uh, a producer here in Memphis. Yes, and, yes. Uh, he's Boomer Story with Jim Dickinson. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Spooner Oldham on piano. Spooner. And yes, Dan, and Spooner. Yeah. Uh, in 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 Jim Dickinson. My friend Chris Etheridge that I met right. from Meridian. Chris was with the, uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and Willie Nelson and the Family Band. Yeah, right. So we became friends with Chris. And uh, and then, uh, how cool is that, man? First of all, <laughs> you, guys, you guys have just friends. fallen into some great like, connections over the Chris years. Chris introduced me to Dan. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sitting at a... Uh, went down to see him he was playing a show by himself down in south mississippi chris like let's go meet dan so i go meet dan and i'm with dan and i'm i'm with the do right woman yeah uh in a a waffle house (laughs) breakfast yeah that's a dangerous place you know that don't you (laughs) chris is like have you heard dan's song superliner he's like i love it it's good and that's where we learned superliner from me hanging out with Dan, and, yeah, it was a, it's a good it's a good fit for the band. Yeah, it's a great song, and uh, we were thinking about even having Dan produce a record with us. And I talked to him on the phone about it, and I also talked to him about using that song. Yeah, you know, yeah. I said, "Hey, we're playing it. It was cool, but you know, it, it ended up not happening." That's a, that's one well, of those records that's, that's in the can. We're waiting for next week for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the, uh, and uh, Hangover Heart was um, kind of a. I think that song. Uh, it, it was a maturation, maturation is how do you Maturation, yeah. Of, yeah, of, you're uh, there. Of some of the forms we had earlier for the second record, and it was just another true, I think what's interesting is all these are true stories. Yeah. And that's what's, what's even, uh, I mean, some of it's a story. But. To me, as, um, as, as, as a guy who spends a lot of time listening to music and hearing what artists bring, bring to me, when I know, and I guess it's sort of a spoiler, but when I know that it's written from real experience, I think it begins to stand out a little bit more, at least in my mind. I mean, you know, there's lots of choices out there. Sure, rock and roll has been about fantasy, and you know, country sort of the same way about you know ideas and dreams. But you know what you guys have done uh, in, in some of the earthier type of uh, music that you guys play, 
does come from real experience and it comes from relationships that you've made with various people out there. And I, and I think that shows through and it makes, I think to me, it makes the music, I don't know if authentic is correct. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it makes it, uh, makes it more viable. Hey man, thanks. I, I, I do think so because there's a value to it now that when you know that it's a true story, that these are experiences that you guys have gone through and you hear that being interpreted through music it's like wow, this is this is a much more powerful tune if you know that. I think that's important. So, I agree. <laughs> I didn't mean to get that heavy with you, but <laughs> no, no, no. but 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 it's but that's but that's part of the, that's part of you know is is is, is a, we do on on uh, occasions around here we like to talk about getting into the head of the songwriter. Yeah, I appreciate and, the people know. that that just want to think about music and, and like take it to depths like this and figure it out. Well, all right. We'll we'll get those two tunes in. We'll come back. We'll get we'll 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 hit the closer, if you will. You yeah, yeah. So the, whatever whatever sets the pyro off, whatever we want to do here, and uh, we'll we'll get it done. This song features George McConnell over here on the guitar. He doesn't even know it yet. And Ted Ganey back here from Kansas, Mississippi, on the.
historic Emmons Building in the middle of Memphis, Tennessee, we are Radio Memphis, a broadcasting service provided by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated. The Cubs of Kings are here, uh, specifically. It is Tate Moore and uh, Dave Woolworth. Uh, they, uh, well, they're a third of the act. Got a big show coming up on the 16th. Is that right? 16th? Right. Yes. Lafayette's Music Room. Lafayette's Music Room. Starts at 9 o'clock, so everybody get there early. 
That's a good time too. Yeah, nine o'clock, and then you guys come on. What about tennis or so, something like that? Ten yeah. thirty somewhere there, and then uh, ten for two and a half, three hours. There you go. Yeah, it'll be a nice night. Go hungry, uh, go thirsty, have your time at Lafayette. It's a good, it's a great room, um, and it's it's a great sound that's in there too. So, uh, yeah, that that's that's going to be a fun time. I'm going to try and get out there myself for that one. So. Man, I hope so. Yeah, that'll that'll that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Well, hey, thank you for having us up here. This is a super you know cool. It is absolutely my pleasure to have you here. Uh, you know, we, we built we built this station for guys like you to come in here. And, you know, radio has lost its way. I've always believed that. Uh, and having been in this business for so long and watched, I, hell, I took part in it. You know, I, I, I actually took part in, in dismantling the, the industry. And this is sort of my way to kind of give it back. And, and say, right on, this is about musicians and it's about music and it's about the stories and it's about the songs themselves and and what goes on with a songwriter and and he, i know audiences want to hear that kind of thing and we wanted to you know to, to continue to deliver that in some way shape or fashion so you know what we've done here is what radio used to be we just deliver it in a completely different manner so we don't have a stick out there with a hundred thousand watt blowtorch attached to it so you know that's right just like we're trying to figure out what to put it on yeah, digital media wise, you're doing the same thing. With doing the, the same thing, you know. Yeah, you know, we 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 just yak it's it out a there. And, or yeah. it's street, I mean, whatever. You know? Well, and I urge all those that are listening uh, to go find. If you're new to uh, the Kudzu Kings, go find their music. I guess it's available where sold. Everywhere. Yeah. In the trunk of the car. I'd rather, in the I'd trunk rather of the car. You get it, I'd rather you get it at iTunes than, uh, you know, streaming one of those other places where. Sure. There's a big difference, and I'm going to tell you that whole thing with songwriters where. Uh, the whole streaming industry only wants to give us a penny right now. Yeah. And now they want to give us half a penny. Oh, dude. You know, I mean, you, give me a break, man. You know, Talk you, about some greed and some bullshit. You, you know what the rate is here? <laughs> 32 thousandths of a penny per spin. It's ridiculous. Right. And I won't pay the licensing for it. I know it sounds like a dick move on my end, but I won't do that because I pay into a company that keeps that money and doesn't pay you. Well, the, uh, we do have some checks. What, there are some checks on the wall for, what, one penny? Yeah. Or you know, actually, like we actually do, I want to say, I don't want to say okay because it's not okay, but I because we never signed with a record company, Yeah. you know, we own our publishing. We own uh, Thank God. all our songwriting. And we have a bank down in Oxford, and if you buy it somewhere, man, it rolls into that account. And I love not having a middleman. The middleman is us. Yes. So, and you know, the difference is if people start downloading something f- from from us where we get the nine bucks as opposed to the nothing, I mean, I think people will do that. I think so. And and I think what's what, with thanks to the internet, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of negative to it, but it's, there's some good positive, especially for artists, because now you guys have the ability to, to communicate directly to the fan. Without having to go through a label or through a middleman or a broker or whatever you want to call it, you guys can develop a relationship with your fans, and they can consume your music. They can buy it. They can take care of it. You know, on, on that aspect, and I think that's a good thing. Well, it's out there, and, and we're excited that it's and in sh- a format where it's easily accessible. We got a song about people it. can just make choices. We got a song. About it is. It. Well, here's the song about it. All right, sure. Like All right, come on, sing it.
I'm a punk broke. I got a cold, lazy, crazy, getting old. I got no job, but lots of time. Looking for something just to keep alive. Well, I'm a poet, show it. Who's to say? Live, you starve, you're born to hate. You got an attitude, always in the mood. Can't catch a break when it's no mistake. You got a chip on you. You're nobody's fool, but you fool yourself because you think you're cool. Honesty is a simple thing, but that don't help when it starts to sting. You're unbeatable, untreatable, that's a shame, she died in pain, useless, beneficial, what's the point, what's your riddle, you're ordained, you're prearranged, you're microwaved, you're made a slave, you're tempted, troubled, lose the faith, but never settled, I got a loan, put on hold, told I missed out on the mother load, I'm labeled second rate for a rebate, sale cause you're too late yeah I'm a punk broke I got a cold lazy crazy getting old I got no job but lots of time I'm looking for something just to keep alive Okay, Dave. <laughs> this song's about unrequited love. Another true story. Of course it is. Well, you were such a good friend until you crossed that line. Darling, now I recall all the real good times. Now it's just a mess, cause you never left him so. I'm gonna have to break away, I'm gonna have to go. Don't drag, my heart don't drag my heart through the cold winter Mississippi mud. I don't drag my heart. I believe I've had enough. I don't drag my heart through the cold winter Mississippi mud. I don't drag my heart. I believe I've had enough. Well, everything is dying. I feel that I am too. It never crawls my loving mind. You can make me blue. I should watch the leaves turn orange, red, and gold. Instead, I think of your embrace and feel the bitter cold. I don't drag my heart through the cold winter Mississippi mud. I don't drag my heart. I believe I've had enough. I don't drag my heart through the cold winter Mississippi mud. I don't drag my heart. I believe I've had enough.
dogs keep me company Miss the falling snow Waiting for that call to come A chance to hear you speak But the phone's been disconnected now For just about three weeks I don't drag my heart Through the cold winter Mississippi mud I don't drag my heart I believe I've had enough I don't drag my heart Through the cold winter Mississippi mud I don't drag my heart, I believe I've had enough. I don't drag my heart through the cold winter Mississippi mud. I don't drag my heart, I believe I've had enough. I don't drag my heart through the cold winter Mississippi mud. I don't drag my heart, I believe I've had enough. Yeah, the Kudzu Kings, ladies and gentlemen. Tate Moore, Dave Woolworth, uh, get their music uh, and go to the show that's coming up on the 16th. Uh, get over to Lafayette's and, and enjoy that show. Thanks for having us. Guys, thank you so very much. I appreciate you guys coming down. Uh, those of you that are tuned into uh, uh, Mark Caldwell's uh, Facebook Live thing, uh, get on over to Radio Memphis because coming up out of the break, I'm going to play the opus, I guess, is what you would call this thing, uh, Bound for Zion. With the hidden track. With the hidden track. The whole the whole stinking thing. It's like 18 minutes long. We're going to play the whole thing. So that's coming up right up out of the break. So Thank you. Know. Thank you yeah. again for having me. Listen, guys, anytime you're in the area, you want to come in and sit in and have some fun, please do. You know. And we'd like to, I'd like to have a, a night with with a whole band if we can pull it together. I know that's kind of a tricky thing. We're but we need more uh, in the fridge, I think. Well, we'll make that happen, you know. <laughs> well, if we know you guys are coming, we'll prepare for you. That's, that's the way it works. So, so, there, so there you go, guys. Uh, thank you so very much, and, uh, and we'll see you all next time, all right? All right, thank you. Great, thank you. Get on board or ride the train, boys. We're bound for Zion. Smoking up the line.
Mississippi A little boy they called J.B. Lenore Was born and grew up in the fields And learned to play the guitar from his father And left behind the plow and the hole To begin his travels down in New Orleans With Sonny Boy Williamson Elmore James and all the way to Chicago by the end of the 40s where all the great blues men had come to settle and make their music of all Mississippi And J.B. Lenore came to flourish in the blues world of Chicago tearing up the funky night spots and cutting 78s and 45s that have become of modern blues like Let's Roll and the Mojo Boogie for J.O.B. Records Korea Blues and Chess Eisenhower Blues and Mommy Talk to Your Daughter a big hit on the parent label J.B. wrote his own song
proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com.